Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Heat Nation, welcome to Believe in Miami Heat for another week. Joey Levin here, joined as always by the two time former NBA or two time champion, former Miami Heat point guard Norris Cole, joining us this week from Russia. Norris, what's up, dude? What's going on? What's going on? Heat Nation, back for another episode. Let's get to it, Joey. Yeah, it's been a... Uh, so we we did our bonus episode last week. If you missed that, go check it out, because that one will never get old. I mean, you could listen to it over and over and over. Norris going back through the 27-game win streak, talking about the Harlem Shake, talking about Jet getting put in a body bag, all that. Uh, but that day that we recorded it, or the day before was the day before trade deadline. We didn't really know what was going to go on with the heat. And we had some major, it was a, let's just say it's been a roller coaster week because the heat are still on a six game losing streak. The heat are not, they're not playing their best basketball, but it's one of those streaks where, you know, the team looks totally different now, Norris. So the struggles are not good but it seems like reinforcements are coming and, and hopefully at some point this week, we'll see what this team is going to look like going forward. Yeah, man. Hopefully this when this losing streak can end pretty soon. Um, but the pieces that were brought in, they seem like in the long run, it's going to make a big difference and hopefully it happens sooner rather than later. Yep. And of course the, the pieces being the Victor Oladipo trade that happened I mean, Norris, you're you're overseas, so I'm not sure how in like locked in you're able to be when this is all going down. But Thursday, the trade deadline is three o'clock Eastern. It hit the clock hits three o'clock, and no deal for the Heat. There has been no deal done, and everyone's like, "This is it? This is our deadline? We get Nemanja Bjelica, who, by the way, we're going to talk about. It. I love him, but I but just saying, like everyone was like, "This is the deal. We're just getting Bjelica." And then at, I think it was 305 or 306 Woj tweets, Miami Heat have traded for Victor Oladipo. It, it came after that. Now, the rule is teams just have to be on the phone talking about the deal at 3 p.m. Absolutely. I knew that. Yep. So no one knew what was going on. And which we'll also talk about for most of the day, no one was even talking about Victor Oladipo. Most of the talk was about Kyle Lowry. And then at the last second, Miami trades for Victor Oladipo. It was a wild Thursday. It was it was a, a one of the more wild in terms of just timing wise that I remember in terms of getting a trade done at the very last second. Well, one thing that you can always know when it comes to getting deals done, uh, the Miami Heat they try to keep everything in house until the deal is done. Rarely do they leak information, and so the fact that it was so quiet about the Victor Oladipo deal it kind of let me know that something was in the works. And when it came out that it was finalized, it didn't surprise me because, you know, that's how the, that's how the Zen master works, man. Pat Riley, man, he don't talk about it. He'd be about it. <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because there are so many people out there. There are so many people that are reporting and I'm not knocking any people that report and do what is what they do, man. You like your living as a reporter. You want to have sources, this and that, that's fine. But to me, there's two people on the planet that you can listen to. There's Woj and there's Shams. 
Everybody else, they, they're making their reports. They're saying, I heard talk to this guy. I talked to that guy. No one knows. <laughs> you know, we're all we're all living on these on the word of who, how many, like you said, Pat knows and Andy Ellisberg and Spo, right? That's probably it. And, and Mr. Harrison. How many people can be talking all these people that have all these sources that know everything that's going on? <laughs> it's just crazy. That's always interesting to me how people say they have sources that they hear stuff. Um, some some organizations do leak sources, you know, just to put a filler out there just to see what's going on. But that's not normally the case when it comes to, you know, Miami. Yeah. With Miami, it, when it's something this big in term, especially like a Victor Oladipo type of deal, there's only f- four guys, four or five guys that know what's actually going on. Absolutely. Um, so, um, so we're going to dive into the Victor Oladipo trade. I mentioned the Nemanja Bielitsa trade. There's also the buyout market that has not gone Miami's way as of yet. We will talk about that too. Uh, but before we get all of that, get to all of that, let's talk about our good friends from Bet Online. Uh, we are now, we are recording this Monday, March 29th. The Elite Eight begins tonight. Norris, Florida State is out. So I've joined, we've joined you. We've joined Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. I was going, I was going to ask you about that. You know, I don't know how you could go against our guy, Juwan Howard from Heat Nation, but you know. Well, my, my, I mean, the guy, Leonard Hamilton's the first coach I ever worked for. It's my, and I, I got it. You know, you know how it is. You know how it is. But hey, now I think we can both agree who we're going for. We're going for Juwan Howard. Let's go. Absolutely. Michigan. Let's go, let's go. And you know what? They beat the crap out of my boys. So I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in. And I'll tell you what, that Houston team that beat your boys, they look pretty good right now, too. So hey, maybe it'll be a Michigan Houston final. That'll make both of our teams look a little better, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, I hope they get revenge too. Yes, too. absolutely. So, hey, for for all of you, I, look, I'm betting Michigan the rest of the way. I can't. I don't have a choice anymore. Um, but for all the news, scores, and odds, Bet Online has you covered. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, they're your online sportsbook experts. Uh, all right. So, as I said. Three o'clock comes on Thursday. No one knows what's going on. All day, it's Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry. And then at 3.07 or so, we find out it's Victor Oladipo, and it's Victor Oladipo for Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, and a 2022 pick swap that almost certainly seems like they will not get conveyed because Miami is going to be better than Houston. So the pick swap actually won't happen, it seems like. So really, it ends up being Victor Oladipo for Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley. What are your thoughts, initial thoughts when you hear the trade and your initial thoughts on Victor Oladipo as a member of the Miami Heat? When I first thought about it, I said, finally, because I feel like Vic has been trying to get his way to Miami for the longest so finally he got, you know, he got to where he wanted. And, you know, what's going on down in Houston, I think they're they're finally starting to, you know, start the progress of rebuilding, getting guys out who don't want to be there and getting some guys there using their draft picks. So I think it was I think it was good for both sides, man. I think Victor now can focus on winning and contributing to winning. And the Miami Heat can focus on, you know, obviously building a potentially championship level roster. Yeah. So you think now they, they, they yeah, the, 
him getting down to Miami is something that we've heard for such a long time. And I think one of the best things about it too, is there's no extension. So it's a three month, basically he's a, it's a prove it deal, right? So he's right, coming exactly. in saying, and, and now the, now if he was going to be a free agent target in the off season, now Miami has three months with their team doctors and their trainers to make sure that that quad that he had that terrible injury is a hundred percent before they pay him all that money. And you know, he's going to be playing motivated at, basketball at, at the peak that he can potentially play because he's trying to stick around and get paid. Absolutely. Absolutely. He understands that. Well, one in Houston, you know, obviously they wasn't moving in, in a winning direction at this moment. And so now he'll be extra motivated. Players are extra motivated when they have something to play for, meaning playoff championships, contracts, you know, that gives players extra incentive. And so, and, you know, we all know the expectation in Miami, they, they there to win. They don't, they don't, they don't lose on purpose. They don't throw games. You know, they, they play to win. They, they max out their rosters every year. And so I think, being in that culture is going to help Vic, you know, revitalize his season. Being in that South Florida weather is going to help his limbs to heal and recover the way they're supposed to. And I think, you know, they need him. You know, they need a, another guy who can break the defense down and score and create scoring opportunities for, for other guys on the team because that's that's one of the big struggles for the Heat this year, their offense. Yeah, and, and one of the things that we know, at least with Vic, as, you know, bringing him in next to Jimmy is – the one thing we know with Vic is he's not going to be shy about trying to score. And sometimes Jimmy can be a little shy in that, even though he's been a little more aggressive this, at least lately or over this stretch since he came back from COVID. But you know that if there's games in particular where the heat are so reliant on the three, which is something we've talked about a lot on this show that their offense has struggled. And a lot of it has been that they're just not shooting the ball as well as well as last year, Vic is not, going to just settle for jumpers Vic's going to go and he's going to and he's going to go to the rim he's a downhill aggressive rim attacker he's among guards in the NBA he's 19th in the league in points in the paint he'll be third on the team in points in the paint automatically this year behind Bam and Jimmy so it just and it's by about four almost four points in the paint per game so it's a huge addition in that sense because even Pat Riley said he said look now we don't have to totally rely on the three at all times. Now we have another guy who can just attack. Absolutely, man. And Jimmy, I mean, not Jimmy, but um, Vic can do both. He can attack when he needs to. He can play on the ball, but he can also spot up and shoot and cut, you know, when when Jimmy has the ball or when uh, none has the ball. You know, he can, he can cut and play off of those guys. And I think just having that added dynamic, man, sometimes you just need extra weapons. And I think Vic is an extra weapon for the Heat now, a much-needed weapon. Absolutely. Um, here's what, what I was wondering when I see it, like when I see all the moves and how everything went down, uh, you know, you get Vic without giving up a ton. And we'll talk about the Bielitsa trade, but the guys that were moved in that were, it was uh, Mo Harkless and, um, God, I'm blanking on who else. Oh, Chris Silva. Um, so now the question becomes, and we won't find out. Obviously, I said we're, we're recording this on Monday night. The Heat play in about an hour. They play the Knicks. Vic will not be debuting against the Knicks. Uh, and Nemanja Bielitsa will debut. Uh, but my, I guess I wonder, how do the rotations work now? So you're not 
obviously you're not bringing in Vic to come off the bench. He's going to start and Jimmy's and obviously you got Jimmy and bam. I don't think you're taking Duncan Robinson out of the starting lineup, right? Because he's your best shooter. So does Victor Oladipo move into the starting role at the point and Goron continues to come off the bench and none loses minutes maybe? That'll be interesting, but I mean, Duncan Robinson can come off the bench. Honestly, I mean, he can. I mean, I don't see why he can't. But I mean, if you don't want to bring him off the bench, that's okay too. But it all depends on what Spo wants to do. It. I mean, because there's a lot of things you can go. Jimmy, you can go Jimmy at the point. You can go Jimmy, Victor, and Duncan, and put Bam and you know, Ariza or Bielitsa or Benitsa at the four. Or you can, you know, sit Duncan down and have him come off the bench and go um, Kendrick, um, Victor, Jimmy with Ariza or, you know, the other guy. I can't pronounce his name. How do you say his name again? Nemanja. Nemanja. Belitza. Yeah, or him at the four and then Bam at the five. I mean, there's there's many ways that he can try to do it. It's all I want Spoon wants to do. For me – I'm more of the idea of bringing, you know, letting Kendrick continue to start and bringing Duncan off the bench. But what about shooting? Like if you, if you do that, you really don't have a a shooter per se in the starting lineup, right? Like you're still start. I mean, I guess unless it's becomes Bielitsa at the four, cause he really, he can shoot it. I'm about to say, and Victor can shoot it. Vic can shoot. Yeah. But yeah, I guess he's not like your traditional floor spacer. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Vic is a Vic is a ball player, man. <laughs> Vic can oh, shoot. He can do. He can. Vic can shoot. He can shoot. I mean, that, that hasn't been working. I mean, having having quote unquote shooters out there haven't really been working. So, I mean, you, you can keep doing the same thing over and over, or you can try to shake it up. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. They're so deep now. It. I just. Yeah, you can try it, different things. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to things. see like who because you're still you got to work in minutes for obviously Goron's still going to play a ton of minutes for them off right. the bench. Tyler's going to play a ton of minutes. Um, right. Who's he, playing well, by the way. Yeah. He played, he, he had a great, he had a probably the, the, that night. And I'm going to ask you about that. Actually, the, the night of the deadline, he had probably one of his best games of the year. Um, so he's going to get minutes. Uh, you want, you probably want Kendrick Nunn to play at least some minutes though, because he's, you know, he's having a good year. And then you got Iggy, who, I mean, he's still he's still sitting there on like they're they're like ten deep of guy. I mean, I I think Spo usually goes deep into the year to figure out what his playoff rotation is, but it's going to be real late this year because there's so many guys to figure out. Yeah, but the one thing is, you no know, Spo is this is where his experience as a coach is going to show because he's this is not the first rodeo like this where he's had deep teams and. People are going to earn their minutes. That's the one thing with this with this squad now that, that you have so many players that are capable. Players are going to have to earn their minutes and earn their time. And the, the players that are productive and that can play the style in which, you know, he wants them to play, that's who that's who's going to get the minutes at this point. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned, like you mentioned, Tyler Hero playing well. Um, mm-hmm. And Duncan Robinson, even though it's been a rough year, since the deadline, 10 of 19 from three over the last two games. So over 50%. Yeah. How real as a former, you know, as a former player, NBA player, like how real is that 
that, you know, that confidence or that, that burden taken off your shoulders when you all season potentially being, you know, talked about, especially these two guys, because any deal that people were talking about for the heat, these two guys were two of the main guys, Tyler hero and Duncan Robinson. How real is it coming off the next game and be like, all right, you know, I'm here now. I can now, now I'm, I'm free. Like I can go play my game. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a relief. You know, once you know where you're going, even whether you're traded, whether you're not traded, just the fact that you, you can plan, you know, to finish the year in a certain location, a certain place, you can just take a deep breath, like, right. especially for a young player and to, for a young player to be able to stay where they're comfortable at, you can tell in their play that man, it's like a big, deep breath. Now they can just focus on playing the game and helping the team win. Yeah, it's, it's great. I think in, especially Duncan Robinson, like his, he is last year. He's one of the top five shooters in the NBA this year. He's, he's just been average at best. It's gotta be that. I feel like there had to be at least some semblance of, cause it's not like, I, I know he's on the scouting report and teams are, are keying in on him, but he was, I mean, he got to a point where he's just missing open threes. I feel like this in with him too. It, I feel like it had to be such a big deal for him uh, just to feel like that confidence of like, all right, I can just go out and be a gunner the way I've been before and not really be worried that if I, you know, if I go one for five tonight, I'm going to get traded tomorrow. Yeah. But as a player, I mean, his job is to shoot. And so, as a shooter, you, he, I'm, I don't think he had to worry about that. I mean, everybody has to worry about being traded. You know, that's that's just the business of the game. But as far as him individually, shooting is what he does. That's his particular job. And so I feel, I feel like he probably feels pressure anytime he doesn't deliver and, and make the shots that he knows he mm-hmm. can make. And like, and don't don't discredit, bro. When you're on the scouting report, it's a different type of pressure. Sure. When team circle you and they trying to run you off the line and they trying to face guard you and things of that nature. Even when you get an open look, sometimes you're so surprised that you got an open look, you still miss it, you know, because you never get into that, that rhythm that you, that you like to get in. So I just think, you know, this year one is still, you know, with the COVID years, it's not a traditional year that's playing a part in it. And then you got the trade factor and then you got the, he's highlighted now. He's a, Anytime you come in playing against the Heat, you have to think about and talk about Duncan Robinson. Yeah, for sure. You know, so and so back to Vic real quick. We were talking mm-hmm. about the lineups. You know what I yep. also was thinking about is I'm thinking about every team right now. Obviously, I think the key for every team is we are building to compete with the Nets. It just is what it is, right? right. And you bring in Philly. you bring in Trevor Ariza and you bring in Vic. There are there are going to be times where this where if they want to, the Heat can put a lineup of Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala, Trevor Ariza, and Bam Adebayo out there. Yes. How you scoring on that? How you scoring on that? Well, I mean, I mean, obviously the Nets are the Nets. I'm about to say people going to score on it, but it's going to be difficult. You know that potential that dynamic is that's a great dynamic that that lineup you just said, man, that's a switching defense that's a transition offense they can space the floor shooting that's a just a tough lineup right there for the heat and i'm pretty sure spo has thought about that and in order to beat 
possibly Philadelphia, Milwaukee, or, you know, Brooklyn, that lineup is going to have to play well together. Yep. So, like I mentioned, you know, the, 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 the Vic deal came kind of out of nowhere. Oh, not necessarily out of nowhere. I'm sure Miami had it in the works, but in terms of what was publicly being spoken about, uh, the I the thought all day Thursday and most of Wednesday was that Kyle Lowry was coming to Miami, uh, and even all Thursday the reports were if he leaves Toronto he wants to go to Miami Philly and then LA was in the mix, uh, and Wednesday night I don't know if you saw that I I think maybe you, we talked about this but I'm not sure if we got to talk to, about this he had like the sort of emotional goodbye. Uh, when he left his last game, he looked, you know, he was sort of thanking the fans. And even after like Drake called him during the post game press conference, it just seemed like he was gone. And then throughout the day, everything seemed to be trending towards him going to Miami. But it, I, I think it sounds like from everything that's come out that Miami just refused to part ways with Tyler hero. Do you well, agree with not giving up young guys to get Kyle Lowry. Well, a bunch of teams, or uh, you know, the team, I don't want to say a bunch, but the teams that were, that were in the works for getting him all wanted, you know, Toronto wanted a lot for him. Yeah. They wanted they their wanted, young, their wanted, best young players. They wanted, basically. So best, they wanted everyone's best young players and first round draft picks. And obviously teams were not willing to give that up because one Kyle Lowry was not guaranteed to resign back. And so um, unless you are 100% sure he's going to help you win the championship, you know, you don't make that deal. And so I believe that it was smart um, for the Heat, you know, to to not part ways with uh, Tyler Hero. I think Tyler Hero has a chance to be, you know, a, a young star in this league. And, um, you know, you don't give that up for, for a possible one-year rental. You just don't do that. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's so, – most people are on that – are on that side of it. Um, there's some people disappointed. I know a lot of people were looking forward to potentially getting Kyle Lowry, but I think most people agree. And also to that end, there's a lot of people who are saying, so we didn't give up Tyler hero to get James Harden, but we're going to give him up to get Kyle Lowry. And it's no offense to Kyle Lowry, but <laughs> that doesn't as an organization, it probably doesn't look great. If you passed up on James Harden because of hero, or as part of it was because of Hero, and then you traded him for Kyle Lowry. Yeah, that just that just doesn't make sense. But I don't even want to think about that. That that definitely wouldn't make sense. But just thinking of you know the present, you don't give up your young you don't you don't give up your young talent for for a three month rental unless that three month rental was like LeBron James. <laughs> right, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. You, there's you also now a lot. There's also now a lot of reports coming out, not just necessarily about the Heat, um, but that just teams in general uh, are not didn't go out and trade for a guy like a Kyle Lowry and spend money on certain guys and give out extensions because there's a belief that Brad Beal will be available this summer and. A guy I think I've mentioned before, definitely on other shows, Kawhi Leonard could be available if he opts out, if that thing falls apart. Absolutely. And you can see you can see that the Heat are angling to make sure they got enough room to be able to get one of them. And the interesting thing with Kawhi is 
everybody says Kawhi wanted Jimmy before he wanted Paul George. Um, and I think that makes sense because I think Kawhi, if it ends up happening, I think Kawhi needs a strong veteran presence, like a strong willed guy. So he doesn't have to be the leader. I think he, he, it, it would make sense for him to play, want to play with Jimmy, but that seems to be what people are thinking could happen. Obviously the Clippers could go on a run and he could stay, but who knows that that's an interesting situation there. Um, I, there was the other trade, the Nemanja Bialica trade, and we should talk about that because I actually, I'm, I'm very high on that deal. Uh, but first let's talk a little bit about eBay. Uh, it's your spot to buy any pair of sneakers. If you're looking for a new pair of sneakers, eBay is the place to go, whether it's rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing with eBay's authenticity guarantee. Your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators, a team of experienced sneaker authenticators, verify the box, the logo stitching and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. It also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. So... Get fresh, get fresh, get your fresh kicks. Absolutely. Um, so Norris, I think I, I, I'm, I got to pat myself on the back a little bit on this deal, this Nemanja Bialica deal, because he's definitely one of the guys. Now, we, we talked about a lot of guys leading up to the deadline, but he's one of the guys I brought up on this show. Because I remember I was saying every time I watch a team now, I'm like, oh, that guy would fit on the Heat. And I remember when the Heat played the Kings, it's like, yeah, I could see it. I could see a Nemanja Bialica. And I I really I think Heat, I think Heat Nation's really gonna like this guy. Um he's been sort of stuck in bad situations most of his career. He started, first of all, he got drafted when he was young, stayed in Europe. I remember scouting him when I was with the Grizzlies in 2011. Wow. He was he was still, I mean, like he was a kid playing in Europe. He didn't end up coming to the league till he was 27. Uh, and then he played his first couple of years in Minnesota, which was a, obviously that situation is what it is. Yeah. Right. Um, and then he goes to Sacramento, which is even more of a disaster. And he goes there at the same time that they drafted Marvin Bagley and Harrison Barnes, who both essentially play the same exact position as him. Um, mm-hmm. But he's an extremely skilled big man. Uh, he is much more of a, perimeter big than Kelly Olenek, even though Kelly was a perimeter ish type of guy. This guy is a skilled handles the ball, passes the ball, and he can shoot the ball. Um, and I honestly, you know, he's, I think they could, this could end up being a situation where just like last year where the heat traded for Iguodala and then Crowder became just as important. Bielita is going to be just, he, he's not as important as Vic because Vic is a different type of player, but Bielitz is a huge, going to be a huge factor for this team the rest of the way. Yeah, I believe he's definitely because he's going to have a defined role. So he's going to know exactly what he's expected to do. Um, it'll be interesting, though, because, you know, with Trevor Ariza, if Trevor Ariza is in, is in, if he's in good shape and he's shooting, playing really well, you know, he's going to, he's going to warrant playing. They're going to have to split that time. 
Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously he brings a better defensive presence. But I, I believe you were right, though. You know, this was a guy he fits. He fits what the Heat is trying to do. There's a need for him offensively, spacing the floor wise. Um, so I, I think you you can you can give yourself a good pat on the back. You you, <laughs> you hopefully that you're right. On paper you are right, but hopefully you know he can go out there and play and continue to make you look good. Well, I was bound to get one right because we spent about a month and a half just naming every player in the NBA, saying uh, the Heat could trade for this guy, the Heat could trade for this guy. Um, for sure. Do you think, I mean, I don't know how much you've been able to see of Bielitsa, especially because, like I said, he's been playing in Minnesota and Sacramento and people don't really watch those teams often. Um, I Would you, if it was you, obviously it's, we'll see what happens. Would you start Bielitsa next to Bam to start or would you stick with Ariza as your four? Because the other thing is, now that the Heat traded Kelly Olynyk, you either have to, continue to play precious at the five as your backup five who has not played great. Or you may have to play Bielitsa at some backup five a little bit because he is six eleven. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean you know what's the fact that he's six eleven and you got Bam right there, that's a that's a great front line. And then you can always go small with Ariza. So I, I probably would start him. Yeah. To start off because that because that second that second unit needs to be dynamic, you know, coming off the bench. And you already have, um, you know, you already have Dragage and Tyler Hero coming off the bench. And you need you need, you know, some more athleticism out there with that group. So I think um, Trevor Reason will fit well with that group. That group is good, man. That group is yeah, really very good. good. And, yes, sir. and Iguodala. I mean, oh, man. Oof. Now. Yes. And, and I, the thing I do, and I, what I love here too, is now you have with Ariza and Bielitsa, Iguodala gets to go back to being a three. He doesn't have to be a, you know, a stretch four, which is essentially what he was tasked with doing most of the season once they got rid of Jay Crowder and had to move Kelly Owen to the starting lineup. Now Iggy gets to come go back to being Jimmy's backup, uh, you know, a, a – great wing defender and, uh, uh, you know, an offensive initiator when they need him to be. Absolutely. He can, he can go, he can play the three and the four. Now Iguodala, he can go back to, he can go back to playing his normal position, the three. And when they need him to play the four, you know, he can do that as well. Now, one thing that didn't go right for the heat or at so far it has not is there seemed to be this assumption, and according to some of these people who say they have sources, and it was a lot, and it wasn't just some, it was most people. The thought was that LaMarcus Aldridge was going to be on the Miami Heat when he got bought out. And there's even reports saying that he told people he was coming to Miami, uh, like that he had been saying it all year, like that he was going to get bought out and go to Miami. And then LaMarcus Aldridge goes to the nets and man, I told what I tell you about him man remind about me. his make about oh, his right makeup, he doesn't have about his right. DNA he's he he doesn't seem like the Miami Heat type of guy man yeah well he clearly didn't want it um because he because like I you know I was talking on a show yesterday and I truly don't know if he's gonna play a ton there like I get it he's LaMarcus Aldridge he's talented 
but you got DeAndre Jordan who will play because of his relationships there. You got, they just brought in Blake Griffin, who by the way, looks good for that team. Jeff green's mm-hmm. been playing very good for them all year. And then you got the young guy, Nick Claxton, who, ha- who's probably their best true big right now. Uh, they just, now they have a log jam. It's literally just, Hey, I'm going to, this team has the best chance in my eyes to win a title. I don't care if I play a ton of minutes, uh, at least right now, that's gotta be what he's thinking. Cause I don't just don't see how he plays a ton for that team. Well, he may not want to have to play too much. You know, he, He's already carried a franchise, you know, when he played for the Blazers and, you know, he played a lot for the Spurs. Maybe he's ready to play a role, you know, maybe he don't have to, you know, he don't have to do as much physically. He just can play a role and then, you know, play for a stacked team and, and hopefully win. Maybe that's, maybe that's the mindset that he had. And some, you know, a lot of guys, once they play a certain amount of time in the league, that's, you know, kind of what they want to do. Yeah. So once, LaMarcus Aldridge goes to the Nets. I don't think anybody really down here expected Drummond to look down here. Drummond ends up with the Lakers. A lot of people moved their, their eyes towards Georgie Dang, who got waived by Memphis. Now he's, he ends up going to the Spurs. Uh, so the buyout market where I think once Kelly O got traded and Myers Leonard, obviously his situation, he's gone. A lot of people I think anticipated going and getting another backup big on the buyout market, starting to get pretty thin. Um, Boogie's out there. I don't see Boogie in Miami. Uh, And then the only other guys I've seen even mentioned in terms of bigs that could be at Dwayne Dedman is available, but he's coming off an injury. And then Mm -hmm. there's, there's a belief that maybe Mike Muscala gets bought out in Oklahoma city, but he hasn't yet. So doesn't look like there's a ton of options for the heat to upgrade as at backup center. So it may end up having to be precious or they have to go small when Bam's not in the game. The one thing about that is though, I mean, they're not the only ones in the NBA that's, I don't want to say having that problem, but I mean, going big is not something that teams are doing anyway. So, you know, if they don't find one, it's not like it's the end of the world. They can still win and they still have a good shot at winning, you know, if they don't have a big, another big, because like you said, they can just go small and go uh, Ariza and Andre Iga, you know, and play them at the four, the three or the four. And, I mean, you know, when Bam, I mean, but I'm just saying when when we when Bam's not out there. Yeah, even when Bam is not out there, because just think about, well, just think about um, the Bucks or think about the Nets, because I'm thinking this is who you who you're gonna have to beat. You gonna mm-hmm. have to beat two two or at least two of those teams. When they go small, even though they got all those bigs, when they go small, Jeff Green plays the five. And now they have Blake Griffin that may be playing the five. I mean, you don't yeah, need we, a we have no idea. Yeah, we don't even know what that team yeah. is because he's yeah, been yeah. out. Yeah, so but you don't need a center, a traditional center to guard that. And so if they don't find one in the buyout market, I think they have enough on their roster to be able to give Bam enough minutes to rest until he can come back in because Bam is young. He's a young monster, you know. Yeah, he don't. Yeah. He can. He can play. He can play heavy minutes when he, you know, if he needs to. Oh yeah. At this point, it's more about getting into the playoffs, right? Like, because the Heat are the eight seed right now, and it's more about just sustaining. Because once you get to the playoffs, Bam's gonna play forty minutes a night, or you, you would imagine. Uh, so, Absolutely. So right now, it's about 
getting through and winning enough games. Because right now, obviously, they're on the six-game losing streak. Uh, and it just like – and it's not just the Heat. It's everybody. Everyone's sort of had their ups and downs this year. But it just when you think Miami is turning the corner and guys are healthy, Goron has an issue now and hasn't looked great, and he's been sitting. Jimmy sat for a game. Um, even Vic – they trade for Vic and he has a cold. Like they just can't get everyone on the floor together at the same time. Yeah, I, I think they're gonna weather the storm though, and they're gonna come around at the right time. That's just my feeling. I feel like you know all this adversity that they faced earlier this year. I believe at the right time they're gonna come together and they're gonna go on a nice run, secure their playoff spot, and then they're gonna be trouble for whoever they have to play. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely, and. You know, that we've talked about it so many times. There's there's, there's only three teams right now in the East that pretty much have locked in their positioning. It's Philly, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee. Uh, those, mm-hmm. those three teams would have to do something crazy to not end up as the top three teams in the East. But everything else right now, when you look ahead of Miami, Miami's at eight. They get the Knicks at four, who Miami plays tonight in about 45 minutes as we're recording this. There's nothing that tells me that the Knicks are any type of lock. Hornets are still playing well. They're at the five. They lost LaMelo Ball for the season. Right. The Hawks are at six, and they've played great since Nate McMillan came in, but they've also had a very easy schedule. Uh, And then Boston, who is in a similar boat to Miami this year. They've just never really been healthy or been able to get all their guys on the floor together. So it's just sort of all up in the air. It seems like in terms of positioning for the playoffs whoever can get healthy and just get, like you said, almost just come together at the right time and make this, this late season run. No, I agree, man. I think that at the end of the day, Eric Spolstra has the poise as a coach. He has the support from the front office to get him the, the players that he needs that he has, he has players that are veteran players but are still, you know, young enough and active enough and athletic enough that once they once they get enough practices and games under their belt at the right time, whoever has to play them in the first round, in the second round, they're not going to be excited about that. And we all know that once they get, you know, if they're blessed in the, and can get past that second round, anything is possible in the Eastern Conference Championship. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It does seem it is interesting the way you put it. Like with Spo, obviously coaching is always important, but it does seem like, particularly in the regular season this year, coaching has become more important than maybe than we've seen in the regular season in such a long time. And if that's the case, I don't know that there's many other guys you want other than the guy we got. Oh man, definitely. It's only a couple out there that you that you will want. You got Spo. You got Pop. Um, you got Frank, and then you got Doc. You know, yeah, Doc's really—he's having a pretty incredible year. Yep, and um, I mean, oh, you can never forget about you. Uh, we can never forget about Coach down in Dallas as well. His championship pedigree. Yeah, Rick Carlisle. Rick. Yeah, Carlisle. I mean, they're they're good coaches, but right, you know, they they. You but know, when I, talking about with the money on the line, guys who've been there exactly. You know, been there and won it all. You know. It's only a certain amount of guys that you, you know, that you feel comfortable with that's going to stay poised under under this type of pressure. Yeah, I'm just looking at the standings right now, and I'm trying to say, let's see, we got 
uh, guys, coaches who have won it all. You got Doc. You got Spo. You got Nick Nurse. They've mm-hmm. had a rough year too, really rough year in Toronto. Right. Um, and you got Frank Vogel, but that's you know that team sort of speaks for itself. Right. Pop. You got Pop, Rick Carlisle, and Steve Kerr. I see. I'm saying only select few. Yep. Yeah. Actually, there's more coaches that have won titles in the league right now than I thought there would be. That's more than I thought. Mm-hmm. But that have proven it over an extended period of time. Yeah, there's not many. You know, the other thing I was thinking in terms of the defense, they're probably going to end up playing a lot more zone too. Right. The one thing about Spo that Spo have shown, though, he won with like a quote-unquote, I don't like to call us a super team, but we were kind of a super team, but like an ultra-talented team. But he's also been winning with, you know, not super teams. I mean, you last know. year, they're two yeah, games I mean, away from a title. <laughs> I mean, well, we haven't won the championship since when? 13? Mm-hmm. And he still, you know, kept a winning record most of those years. Oh, yeah. He's weathered. Yeah, so he, he's weathered the storm. Yeah. Not many coaches. Some of the coaches that you name, once they stars left or were hurt, they couldn't – they didn't weather the storm. And couldn't oh, actually, I'm, that's funny that you mentioned that because the guy I forgot to mention is Ty Lue. Yeah. And we saw what happened when he lost his 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 big man. Yep, it worked out. Best for Tyloo though. He's a young guy. He ain't he haven't had enough chances yet. I think uh, the more chances he get, I think he's going to be a very successful coach. He's already successful. Yeah, you know the tough thing with Ty with Tyloo to me is that he's such a he's been touted for such a long time as when he was working for Doc as like the next big you know the, the next great coaching hire. That mm-hmm. he he got the Cleveland job, which is a great job, but obviously the whole thing is built around LeBron. So if LeBron leaves, it screws up everything, and then he gets this Clippers job, which is also another very combustible job. Like he hasn't had a he's had two he's stable. had two, two unstable positions, right? With two right, right, with right. two organizations that are known for being unstable, you know. And there's not a lot of stable positions out there, you know. That's that's also credit to the Heat and the Spurs and the Mavs and organizations like that 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 are that allow their coaches to coach through the storm. Yeah, that's that's very true. And he's dealing with two two very high pressure, high level stars that wherever they go, there's a change of power, you know. So those are two those are those are tough situations, two tough situations to coach in. Yeah, and, and you look at the Heat, and then you look at an, an opposite end when you're talking about a team like the Heat. You know, you go back to a couple years ago when it was Deion Waiters and Hassan Whiteside and James Johnson and Goron, and they started the year, whatever their record was, like 19 and 31, whatever the, they were, like 18 and 30 or something like that. And then they second half of the year, they went like 30 and something, and they ended up mm-hmm. 500 in a game out of the playoffs. A lot of teams, if their coach started out that way at the beginning of the year, a lot of teams would be like, oh, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have it anymore. You know, right. But that that's just the nature of what these unstable organizations do. But the Heat, there's never been a wavering with Spo. It's just the way the the front office and the coaching staff are just linked that way. Absolutely. Yep. Uh so when you look at this roster now, 
you do you I mean it's hard to say because we haven't seen them play together, but if Vic is healthy, I would say that it immediately makes the Heat the fourth best team in the East. And that's I only be, and and that's only because those other three teams have just sort of already proven what they are this year. I believe so too. I believe if Vic is healthy and uh, Trevor Ariza is, is, is back to his old form and, you know, Jimmy and everybody can stay healthy. I believe that, I believe that he can, you know, can beat any of those teams. Actually, I'm not saying they should be the favorite, but I believe they have a chance to beat any of those teams. Oh, I agree. You know, obviously, I, the Brooklyn I, Nets is going to be the Brooklyn Nets would be the toughest if they're healthy because of their offensive firepower. But I, I believe they would match up well, and they have the coaching, the coaching experience, plus the players, the roster buildup that they can compete and beat any of those teams. Oh yeah, and I think when you look at those other teams too. Brooklyn's the only team that has the depth that Miami has uh, at this point because Milwaukee's good, but their bench is not very good, even though they did make the trade for PJ, but that's not going to be, you know, that's not going to make or break a title. And then Philly, Philly's bench is not great. I mean, they got good. They got some solid players coming off their bench, but Miami right now, after these moves, they're 10 deep. Um, yeah, but, you get a lot of different looks you can throw at teams. Yeah, they you are, but it's gonna come down to basically because all that depth you need depth, you do need a little bit of depth. But the way Brooklyn set up is just plain and simple. <laughs> yeah, plain and simple. If you can't match up and slow down those guys and score against them, you don't have a chance. Period. <laughs> and that's why I believe that the Heat have a chance because they have guys that can defend multiple positions. They can switch. Um, they have tough-minded guys who can also go back down on the other end and, and score, you know, with the coach, with the coach who can come up with a strategy that they're going to buy into. Yeah. I think when it, I also think when it comes to Brooklyn, when it comes to that specific matchup, I think that it's going to come down to bam, the ev- his evolution as a, as a go-to scorer. Cause I just don't think they have anybody who can, who can handle him one-on-one. They have a lot of bigs, but they don't, Brooklyn particularly doesn't have any bigs who can really handle Bam. Yeah, but they got three players who nobody can handle. So what I'm saying, that's why I mean when you say (laughs) they have to be able to score with them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Bam is such is going to be such a key because, yeah, like you got Vic and you got Jimmy, but Vic Vic and Jimmy aren't outscoring James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and and Kevin Durant, but Bam. Bam can really he's shown the ability to be a, a lead scorer and against a right. team like that that really doesn't have anyone that can hang, hang with him for 40 minutes he's going to be such a key and getting Vic takes a little bit of the pressure off of him in that regard too absolutely I believe you're totally right about that if, if Bam's evolution is like how we think it is I like their chances against anybody Yep. Well, we will see. They play. We're about 30 minutes away as we're recording this from tip off. We won't get to see Vic, but we will get to see a majority healthy. No Goron, no Vic, but everybody else is, or excuse me, Goron is playing. No Kendrick Nunn, no Vic. Everyone else is playing tonight. So we'll see how it goes over these next few games. Let's see who the Heat have over these next couple games before we record again. They get the Knicks tonight, and then they got. We got at New York, at Indiana, at home versus Golden State, at home versus Cleveland, at home versus Memphis is the next five. 
That's a nice little stretch. I don't mind that stretch. I think that's a, a bunch of winnable. Indiana's playing really well, but the rest of those games are pretty winnable. I don't think Steph Curry's playing right now for Golden State either. So um, that should be a good little stretch to get comfortable with the new guys. Man, we hope so. They need to get off this losing streak ASAP. Yeah, I mean, home against Cleveland. Uh, hopefully we're not, you know, <laughs> hopefully you haven't lost nine in a row at that point. But if you have, home against Cleveland's the type of game that gets you off of a losing streak. Or it should. It should. <laughs> yeah, definitely it should. But hopefully, like you said, it doesn't get that far. Yeah. Well, tonight, I, I've got to double check. Julius Randle didn't play last game either. So we'll see. If that team is a, they're a totally different squad without him. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but yep, we will be back next week. Um, believe in Miami heat presented by bet online uh, next week. We will, we'll see how this new roster looks and uh, make sure you go back and listen to last week's bonus episode because it was some really good stuff. Norris. I do the Harlem shake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I know there he dropped gems about the Harlem shake that you all didn't that y'all didn't know about. So go back and listen to that. And until then, we'll be back next week. Norris, go ahead and take us out. Heat Nation, another episode. Make sure you keep joining us every week. And like Joy just said, make sure y'all go back and check out the bonus interview, the bonus episode of the 27 win streak Miami Heat and the Harlem Shake and the evolution of the Harlem Shake. Make sure y'all join us again next week. Heat Nation, we out! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.